Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to another edition of the Baseball America Prospect Handbook Podcast. J.J. Cooper and Ben Badler joining you again today. And before we get started, we do want to remind everyone that all of the Baseball America books are now available at BaseballAmerica.com store. You can get the Prospect Handbook. You can get the Almanac, you can get the Directory, you can get the Super Register, you can get the Hall of Fame Almanac. They're all there. And check them out. It, especially the Hall of Fame Almanac is, is new and just on the, uh, on the shelves, updated for this year. So you're, you're talking about, a, again, uh, a book with that if you want to sit there and just read and enjoy reading about everyone in the Hall of Fame, Baseball America Hall of Fame Almanac is the book for you. Uh, very lavishly illustrated as well. But Ben... We're going to talk today about a guy who, not in the Hall of Fame, long ways away from that, but uh, has been projected to that for a, you know since he was a teenager. And right now, Bryce Harper is hitting, he's hitting 298, 434, 640 with 11 homers and also impressively 28 walks in 143 plate appearances, 33 games this year. So, Ben... Are we seeing the Bryce Harper that uh, that we've been expecting to see uh, going back to when he made his debut as a 19-year-old? Yeah, I think this is pretty much exactly what what we've been expecting from him, even even before he was 19, back when he was, you know, still in in high school, and this was a guy, <laughs> a kid who uh, at the time was a kid who left high school early. But you know, I remember reading reports and, and hearing our, you know, I don't get involved in our draft coverage, but I just remember listening to guys like John Manuel and, and Jim Callis when he was with BA talking about, you know, this guy Bryce Harper is, is the next, uh, you know, going to be a big star. And he was like 14 or, or 15 years old. Uh, and he was a catcher at the time. And then I remember seeing him when he was 16 years old at the, I believe it was at the Tournament of Stars, and his his arm strength and and his bat speed, and the power he had, even though he was so much younger than everybody else there, was just it was so obvious, the talent that he had, just how much better he was than all of the upperclassmen there, and you know everything we saw, you know, in, in college, uh, when he was in the minor leagues, you know, early in his his major league career, I, I think we picked him as the you know our, our comeback or our rebound candidate this year uh, in the in the major league preview, which sounds really strange to say for a 22 year old, but I think there's you know there's just a lot of fatigue in general that comes from hearing about a guy for for so long and and when the bar is set so high, you know even though he's still 22 years old, I think everybody was expecting him to be you know a, a superstar when he's you know 20 21 years old and and he's been you know, he's had an outstanding career already for such a young kid, but to see him doing this now, leading the National League in, in home runs, uh, leading Major League Baseball uh, in walks with, with an OPS over 1,000, yeah, I mean, this is, uh, this is pretty much everything we were, we've been expecting for years, so it's, it's fun to see what he's doing right now. 
But the, the funny thing about this is, is and I don't want to overlabor the point, but really what you all, what you only have with Bryce Harper is, is that Bryce Harper was hurt last year. If you take that out of it, there's really been, there's nothing that you can say in the first, now we're talking about three plus years, three and a quarter years of his big league career. Nothing has been disappointing. And the funny thing is, is that I do feel like, like even last year, and last year he was hurt. But that that all being said, 273, 344, 423 as a 21-year-old corner outfielder, that's really that's that's not something where you say, wow, that was just a disastrous year. But it is funny how nowadays this is in, in some way the I wouldn't say the downside, but we now live in the world where everyone knows, hey, we love it because this is what we did. Going back, you know, 30 years ago when if you didn't read Baseball America, no one knew who these guys' names were before they hit the big leagues, it seemed like. But with Bryce Harper, everyone's been expecting big things for so long that there was almost this feel of, okay, he could put up a 274, 368, 40, 6 year with 20 homers as a 20-year-old, and people could be disappointed. And that's not a disappointing year for a 20-year-old. It does seem like that it's funny, but the expectations for him are such that if he doesn't hit 40 homers in a year, it ends up being qualified as a bad year. He might hit 40 home runs this year. But what do you think are, again, going forward, what are reasonable expectations for Bryce Harper? I mean, this is a guy who his power is at the the top of the charts. He is, uh, you know, as long as he stays healthy, which has been an issue early in his career. But uh, I think that as long as he can stay healthy, this is a guy who should be uh, certainly a consistent 30-plus home run threat, a guy who should crack 40 home runs. Uh, I think during multiple seasons, that's going to depend on the, the, the way the offensive environment goes. But I, I think he's got a good chance to, to break 40 home runs this year. And he's, you know, look, he's still 22 years old. He's got a he's got a very patient approach. You, know, you can see that from all the the walks that he's drawn this year and the way that he's approached his at bats. Uh, there's there's still some swing and miss there, but I think there's there's room for him to to grow and and mature as a hitter. I think he's gonna continue to uh, get a more you know he's he's already a patient hitter, but just learning which pitches he should swing at. Where you know there's some high fastballs that he's I think his eyes light up at and. You know, he can hit those out of the park, but sometimes there's some swing and miss there. And I think, you know, look, he's 22 years old. Most most guys his age are, you know, maybe a year or, or two out of college. And this guy has already had, uh, you know, f- this is his fourth major league season already. So I think there's a lot of room for growth for him, uh, both as a, as a hitter and a, as a defender, too. Uh, I think he's got a chance to be a, a potential, you know, the tools are there for, for him to be a potential gold glove uh, corner outfielder. So, uh, and remember, this is a guy who was a, a catcher uh, up until he started his pro career. So, I, I think there's a as good as he is right now. There's still a lot of room for growth for him, uh, which is what's really scary about what what could come for him. To me, what I look at him is is that I, I think that he could be Gian, another Giancarlo Stanton with maybe even a little bit higher OBP. That's to me kind of when you asked me the the shorthand version of of what Harper can be. And I don't think he's that far off of that right now. But um, when you talk about those are, to me, the two best pure power guys in 
raw power in the major leagues, the two guys who have the most thump in their bat. And I, I do think when you look at it, I, you know, when you mentioned about 22, when the season started, he was still the youngest player in the National League, which is amazing. He, he had 66 home runs now in the big leagues. He's got those in the bank, you know, over pretty much everyone arriving in the big leagues now. Uh, at you know, who's, the guys who are arriving now are at his age. Uh, the really guys who move very quickly. It's funny when I think about that. We talk about Carlos Correa, Byron Buxton, who's the best prospect in the minors now. And the thing that stands out is, is that as good as those guys are, I think that I've we've probably seen the best one-two combo that we're, as far as prospect status that we're ever going to see in our lifetime when we had Trout and Harper basically as the two guys who were coming up at the same time. I, I Maybe I'm being pessimistic, but I, I don't think we'll top that in my next, you know, maybe not lifetime, but next 10 to 15 years, I don't know if we'll top that. What do you think? I, I think it's possible, but I think you're right. That's going to be, that's going to be a tough one to beat. Certainly over the next, uh, certainly over the next five years, it's, it's going to be a, a tough one to beat. And, and it's you know not just at the at the time, but looking forward, obviously at what these guys have have already accomplished with with Mike Trout. I mean, Mike Trout is the best player in baseball since since Barry Bonds. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's it's it's tough to get better than that. And I think that Bryce Harper, you know, I don't think he's going to be as good as Mike Trout at this point, just because again, Mike Trout is the best player since Barry Bonds. Mike Trout's is, power is better than we expected. Yeah, that's the differentiator. Is that his power is not that far off of Harper's, and then everything else is going to be better. Yeah, but these guys are are both potential. I mean, these guys could both win MVPs this year in their in their respective leagues. So you're right; it's it's going to be tough to top that one two punch. It, it is. It's and especially when you throw in how quickly those guys move, because again, age is important, especially with a hitter and. It's very hard to hit the big leagues as early as Bryce Harper did because in Bryce Harper's case, he moved his clock up because he was good enough that he skipped essentially his junior and senior years of high school, played one year of JUCO instead, and so was eligible after his junior year in high school effectively. U.S. guys don't do that. Again, when you throw in the the combination of, of youth at the age at which he was big league ready, Really about the only way that you can match that is if a there was an extremely advanced Latin player who signed at 16 and moved uh, amazingly quickly. Uh, again, you know, the, it's a, he's a pitcher, but the only guy I can think of kind of on a similar type timetable is Julio Urias. Because again, 18-year-olds usually, even if your draft is a 17-year-old, they're going to want a, a full season. In Harper's case, you, you had he moved about as quickly as an American-born player can move. I really can't think of... It's going to be hard for many guys to become established in the big leagues as young as... You've got to remember, Harper's going to be 22 all year. Harper will turn 23 this year in the playoffs, late in the playoffs. If the, if the Nationals are in the World Series, they'll be celebrating Bryce Harper's birthday, turning 23 during the World Series. It's just a pretty unfathomable, uh, again, just the combination of youth and... Again, present production that you're already seeing. So it is fascinating. It's been a great and amazing first month of the season for him. He has 11 home runs right now. He had 13 all last year. Again, in a year that was kind of 
where he battled a lot of injuries. If he stays healthy this year, uh, you know, 22 home runs his rookie year, clearly that should uh, fall pretty quickly, again, if he can stay healthy all year. So that was our look at the Major League side on, on this uh, podcast. We did want to switch it to the, the Minor League side. And, and Ben, two guys that you want – I know you've, you're fascinated with Jose De Leon, who's had uh, a pair of 12 strikeout games already. And you, you're, he was pretty prominent in the Dodgers list coming into the year. He, he's doing everything he can to show that maybe, you know, it, it's hard to rank him any higher considering who was ahead of him on that list. But he is, he's definitely moving up the overall prospect list right now, would you say? Would you say that, Ben? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's pretty remarkable the transformation that he's made over the past really two years. I mean, this is a guy that the Dodgers drafted in the 24th round as a college pick out of Southern uh, in 2013. He was, you know, he threw in the low 90s. Uh, there were some body issues. Didn't really have a, a sharp pitch to put anybody away with. So that's why you get a college guy in, in the 24th round for, uh, you know, for a fairly modest bonus. And, and nobody was really talking about him at the time he went out pitched in the Arizona league fairly nondescript uh moved up to the pioneer league by the end of that year and, and got hit around uh, really really hard so the next year you know the Dodgers uh, they didn't even expect much from him they they held him back in extended spring training he, he was 21 years old and they they sent him back to the pioneer league uh when that season started but he he lost a lot of weight. He got a, himself into much better condition, and his stuff really ramped up. He started, you know, going from ninety ninety three up to ninety three to ninety six. Uh, he made some mechanical adjustments, moving around. Uh, I don't want to get you started, but he moved from the third base side of the rubber, moved oh, yeah. over to the first base side. Uh, I think that helped give him a little bit better direction of the plate. That seemed to really help his command. And all of a sudden, everything just seemed to click that year. Uh, this was last year, and then they moved him up to the Midwest League at the end of the season. And he had, it was 42 strikeouts, two walks in four starts. It was video game type numbers. And I just remember talking to scouts about him and, and hearing the reports about him. And, you know, yeah, he was a, he was a really late round draft pick, kind of an afterthought. But this guy, the guy who who they drafted, is not the same guy who who was showing mid nineties fastball, fairly sharp command, throwing a ton of strikes, and all of a sudden had an out pitch uh, in his you know whether you, whether you call it a curveball, whether you call it a slider, it's it's a swing and miss breaking ball, uh, and starting to show feel for a changeup too, which which has really started to come along this season too, and I think has has helped him out. Uh, quite a bit so so yeah it's you can say oh well he was a late round draft pick or he's he's old for his for his level or his league it doesn't really matter none of that matters what matters is this guy has mid-rotation to top of the rotation type stuff and he's carried it over into this year he's been dominating the Cal League which is can be a nightmare on pitchers and the stuff that he has and the command that he has and, and the way his delivery works, that's all going to project going forward. You know, I'm not saying they need to promote him right now. He's, you know, it's only been six starts. We're only a month into the minor league season. Uh, but this is a guy who, given the stuff and the command that he has right now, I could see him moving very quickly through the system this year. And 
it, it is amazing. You you look at the Dodgers. This is a system uh, again. You you do our our Dodgers list. Uh, you've done it in the past that it's not it's it's impact over depth is kind of how I see it. Does that uh, does that kind of square with what you look at? But there's a whole lot of potential impact in this system. Obviously, you start with Seager. Jock Peterson's already doing it at the big league level. Julio Urias, we mentioned, and then you throw in guys like De Leon. Then you throw in, you you, you know, you, you you add in the the Cubans they signed. It's a fascinating system. Yeah, I think their depth, you know, their top three is as good as any teams in baseball. At least their preseason top three with with Seager, Peterson, and Urias. The only team that I would put ahead of them on that scale is is the Cubs. Uh, but yeah, that that top three is is just about as good as it gets. Uh, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Grant Holmes. I, you know, the pitchability still has to come along, uh, but he has excellent stuff. De Leon, like we were talking about, his his stock is is moving up. Uh, but I, I think there is a little bit more. When I did the system this year, what jumped out to me after doing it the previous year was there, there was more depth than than there was the the previous year. The, the previous year, you know, we go to 30 prospects, and you know how it is. Some organizations are like, man, there's some guys who I'm you know, I'm leaving off the top 30 that I, I really like who I want to get in there. And there's other guys where you're, you're writing them up in that yeah. you know, 20 or 25 to 30 range, and you're like, this guy is, if everything clicks, uh, you know, a fourth outfielder, or a, you know, a, a lefty one-out reliever kind of guy, and is, he's really more of an organizational type player. So uh, that, that was kind of the case with the Dodgers uh, a couple of years ago, but you know, last year they had some some pretty interesting guys. They picked up, uh, uh, you know, some interesting guys in in trades. You know, I like Yimmy Garcia. I, I liked him a lot. It's you know a matter of how high you want to rank a guy who's, you know, whose ceiling is a you know he's is a reliever. Obviously, it's it, that's a that's a question mark how how you want to rank him. But uh, but I, I did like him a lot. Uh, they've got some guys. Uh, you know, Jarrell Cotton. I, I like uh, Zach Bird. The, the stuff really jumped up. Uh, last year and and uh, and the, the I think the command is going to start to to come around too like he like he showed at the end of last year so I think there's a there's a little bit more depth than than they might get credit for but certainly the 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 main draw of that system is the top top three guys and and now with the the emergence of you know De Leon and and some of the the other guys in the system it's uh, you know that that shows why we, we why we rank them so high in our 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 farm system rankings this year. But, well, we, we've talked a lot of Dodgers talk. We do also want to talk about another guy who's really kind of taken it a step forward. Alex Reyes's stuff has been impressive for, for quite a while, but he has taken some pretty dramatic steps forward end of last year, this year. Um, both his stuff's gotten better a little bit, and also the results have gotten a lot better because he's getting around the zone more. It, he's another one of the, if you say, guys who've, who've done a lot to help themselves in the first month of the season. I, Obviously, Reyes was on everyone's radar before the season, but but what's impressed you, uh, Ben, about what's happened with him? Kind of now that we're a month into the minor league season. I mean, it's just the stuff is just vicious stuff. It is He's, vicious. There's there's not many guys in the minor leagues. He might have the best strikeout rate in the minor leagues. I mean, it's it's top of the rotation stuff. It's he can touch 100 miles an hour. He's he's not going to sit in the upper 90s as as a starter, but uh, he'll be mostly uh, mostly in the mid 90s with a with a really sharp power curveball. Uh, he's got a changeup that he really doesn't even need much at this level. 
but it's you know that's another pitch that projects as a potential above average pitch for him. Now, obviously, the issue with him is, all right, is he going to throw enough strikes to, uh, you know, to to project as that front of the rotation starter and and hit that ceiling that that he does have. And yesterday it was only one walk. That was really encouraging to see. But yeah, that is a, a bigger concern going forward. But I do think that with the delivery he has, the athleticism he has, the the relative lack of experience that he has too. Uh, you know, in, in high school he was, uh, you know, th- remember th- he signed out of the Dominican Republic, but he grew <laughs> up in, in, yeah. in New Jersey and he was a, a third baseman. He, he wasn't really he getting some time uh, in Canada too, if I remember right. Um, so he was, you know, a very atypical path toward where he is right now. I think there's a lot of factors that point toward him being able to uh, to be able to corral his stuff, to be able to straighten out his uh, his mechanics in terms of being able to repeat his release point, which is going to in turn lead to him throwing a lot more strikes and, and improving his command. Because uh, I think, again, and when, when guys see their stuff jump, which he has uh, over the past, uh, past year or two, sometimes there is a, an adjustment period where all right, now I throw harder and, and my breaking ball is even sharper, but I got to learn to be able to corral it in the strike zone now. Right. So I think that there's going to be a learning curve there, but I, I think that there, there's a good chance that he's, he's one of the guys who's going to be able to figure out, figure out how to command his stuff. I don't think we're going to see him, you know, three or four years down the road, you know, in AAA and, and unable to, to figure out how to throw a strike. There's certainly a possibility that that happens, but uh, I'm optimistic going forward that he's, he has the attributes that are going to translate to him figuring out the, the command and the control. The, the thing that stands out with me uh, about him is, is if you look at minor league starters and you said, okay, top two pitches, great amount, and you ask scouts, the only guy I can think of, and, and this does not mean he's the second best pitching prospect in the game or anything like that, but fastball, breaking ball for him, Lucas Giolito is the guy who comes to mind who, who may be a, a tick better as far as that. But when Reyes is on with his fastball and breaking ball, I, I can't think of anyone else in the minors who, for a starting pitcher, who I say, okay, their top two pitches are better than what the Reyes's are. Because there are just very few guys who have that fastball, and there are very few guys who have that breaking ball, and there are very, very few guys who have that fastball and that breaking ball. Yeah, I mean, if uh, obviously if he had the command, you're right. <laughs> that's that, right. that that's fastball I mean, he's breaking a prospect ball. That is. Giolito is. I mean, that doesn't yet. I mean, Giolito has that, and he has better control, better command right now, and he's got a better. I even say a little bit better body. Giolito has that kind of perfect body that you're looking for. Um, Julio Urias has really good stuff. He has three pitches, and he locates them. That's different than what we're talking about, Reyes. But on pure nastiness of their stuff. Uh, it is a lock you up breaking ball, and it is a I can't catch up to it fastball. That's a that's a great combo. You know, you, when you can touch triple digits as a starter, and you mix in a purely as you said, it's just filth the the breaking ball as well. It's a very very hard combo to to beat. I, yeah, I, I guess the the other two names that would pop to mind now he's in the big leagues, but Carlos Rodon with the White Sox with the, the you know, fastball he, slider. Yeah, the fastball slider combination. Uh, he's been you know, again up to the the high nineties uh, from the left side. I'd, I'd put him in that category, and, and the other guy would be uh, Tyler Glass now with the Pirates with his fastball and 
uh, and that uh, that breaking ball that he has would would be in that group. But you know, and Glass now is another guy like Reyes who it's you know it's it's top of the rotation type stuff, and we'll we're gonna have to wait and see if they can figure it out with the the command. Right, and I would say that Reyes' stuff though is better, like as good as Glassnow's stuff is. Is I would say that Reyes is personally I would give it as a, as a tick better, but you know just from the people I've talked to. Um, but again, those were yeah, those were the guys I put in that con- in that group. Um, you know, I- I'm trying to think of others. I I really can't. Rodon's a good one. Uh, I- although again, with Rodon's fastball, Rodon's fastball is not as electric as say like Reyes is, but he is doing it also from the left side. The slider is the slider is the, the best slider of those in the minors before he went up to the big leagues. We we say farewell to you, Carlos, and we wish you well in the big leagues. And uh, it's it should be a long, uh, productive big league career for him. But it is, it's going to be fun to watch because Reyes, we're still going to see him in the minors for a while. Obviously, we're hoping that we'll be seeing him in Cincinnati at the Futures game. That's a hope we can have because um, it would be very, very fun to see him there. Would and, he be in the U.S. team or would he be on the world team? Because he was born he in New Jersey. Either. He could be on either. I could be wrong, but like I mean, I think that that could be one that you could put wherever you want it, almost. I because he, you again, you have. I mean, again, I the he was born in New Jersey, so from that standpoint, he could obviously be for Team USA. Um, but at the same time, he was signed out of the Dominican, so you could obviously do the Dominican, you know. And again, he also had residency. I don't think you could be on for you know representing Canada, but he had residency in Canada, if I remember correctly, at some point. So you have. I think that Team Canada has kind of looked around, like, okay, could he pitch for us in the World Baseball Classic, things like that. So you have. Uh, uh, that'd be fascinating to know the answer to that, and we don't know the answer right now. I, I think the best way to put it is: is could he be on this team somewhere? You know, U.S. Team World. It, it doesn't. You know, thank you, please. Uh, can we have you know can, can we have him on somewhere? But I think you're right though that if you went from a if you went from a, a logical basis, it usually is where you're born, and so being that, it would be something where he would probably be for Team USA. Which I, I wonder if that would be the first Team USA player in the Futures game who was signed out of as an international free agent. Yeah, although Mondesi was born in, uh, he was born in the United States you're, too. You're Raul, right. yeah, Raul Mondesi. You're so, right. So he would be another guy too who would and be, Mondesi, uh, yeah, and Mondesi, yeah. So that, so there is maybe some, and he was considered for world. So that, so there is some precedent there that he could be a world player too. Yeah, it's probably easier to. So the the U.S. pitching staff is always it's always hey, the U.S. We, pitching we staff is always world. strong. And the world, uh, the world middle infield is always <laughs> too many guys. So, well, uh, we're gonna have to try to squeeze them onto that world team he, roster. He, then he would make that world one look a lot better. Yes, yes, uh, we, he would be a nice addition to the world roster. He would be nice on there. Julio Urias would be nice on there. Hey, Jose De Leon would be nice on there. We we talked about some potential futures gamers here. But uh, but I, I hate that we're gonna wrap this up a little short here this week. But uh, I've got to get back to. To writing draft uh, top two, top one hundred guys, then top two hundred guys, then top five hundred guys. So uh, uh, again, thank you for the download for Ben Badler. I'm JJ Cooper, and we'll be back again next week. So long, everybody. 
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 